Two days ago, we saw how the Psalms proclaim Christ. These songs show the interplay of four main characters. There's God, there's the ideal king, Christ, there's those who trust in him, and then there's the wicked who reject him. Those are really the four main characters. And some of these songs are the words of God to his king, Christ, and some of them are the people's words to God about the Christ. Uh, some of them are the, the comparisons between the wicked and uh, the righteous who take refuge in the Christ. And many of them, like Psalm 22, are the words of the Christ, the King, to God. David, who first composed Psalm 22, knew that the words of the Lord were on his lips as he wrote these psalms. He says that very thing in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 2. He knew that he was a throne warmer for his Lord, who would eventually be born as his offspring. And he knew that what he said and did was significant. It signified the kind of king which Christ was. And so David's psalms are really an incredible thing. His psalms are kind of the prayer journal of Christ, written a thousand years in advance. These are the songs of Jesus, the songs that the King sings to his God and Father. And incredibly, these prayers take in a whole range of emotions, from joy to anger to utter despair and so on. So when Christ was born into our situation, which is a situation full of joy and anger and despair, he naturally uses these prayers prayers that he had prepared for himself in advance, and then he takes them onto his own human lips. He enters into the fullness of our predicament, and then he sings all our songs back to God. And that includes even this song, Psalm 22. Psalm 22 verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? Jesus cries out his own psalm while he's on the cross. Mark chapter 15 verse 34 has him proclaiming Psalm 22. This thousand-year-old prayer had been prepared for the very occasion of Christ's crucifixion. And on the cross, Christ, Christ prays it to a black and silent heaven. Is it possible that the Lord of heaven has so descended into our plight that he experiences God-forsakenness? If we are reluctant to say yes to that, we are doubting the fullness of Christ's identification with us. Yes, He is fully God, the eternal Son of the Father, but He also became fully human, our brother, bone of our bones and flesh of our flesh. And since He enters into our situation, who can deny that our own experience of life is indeed of God-forsakenness? Feelings of godlessness are one of the most keenly felt aspects of our humanity. We say, where is God? How can he feel so remote when Acts chapter 17 says, In him we live and move and have our being? How can we be so estranged from the source of our life? Why does God seem so far off? And especially in suffering, we cry out, My God, my God, where are you? Well, Jesus enters into all of that. He shares in our alienation from God due to our sins. He doesn't, he doesn't kind of have a bungee cord around him, wrapped around him, so that he descends only so far, but then he snaps back. No, he plums down into the depths. The Lord of heaven endures hell. And this means that Christianity has a surprising response to the age-old question, where is God when it hurts? First of all, 
God does not have an answer to that question. First of all, God asks that question with us and for us. Isn't that surprising? We ask, where is God in suffering? God doesn't give us a neat packaged answer to that question. His first move is to join us in our predicament and to share our question. Jesus is the God who enters into God-forsakenness so that even God-forsakenness would be a place where we can encounter Him. You know, we might have thought that we could reject God and run off into a quiet corner apart from Him. Unfortunately, when we do that, it's hell. But here comes Jesus entering into our hell and taking even God-forsakenness to Himself. Do we feel abandoned by God? Even there, we can know the friendship of the God-forsaken one. Even there, we can know the deepest divine fellowship. Whatever depths that you are plumbing, Jesus has gone deeper. And He longs to be known right here, right now. As Psalm 139 verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirits? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my, de my bed in the depths, you are there. Wherever you are, you can call out to Him.